want to introduce someone that I've just recently met, I think within the last two months, not even maybe like a month. Um, we got linked up with him, checked out his stuff, went on his podcast. Now he's on this podcast with us, Albert Fig, host of the Hippocratical AF podcast. Welcome, brother. Thank you, man. Thank you. How you been? I've been good, man. Trying to stay cool in this uh, warm weather. Just a quick summary of who you are and what you do. Um, could you give a just maybe three to four sentences, you know, who you are and what you dedicate your time to? Sure. Uh, my name is Albert Figueroa. I go by Albert Fig. Um, currently a proud father. I like to say that first because I am. Uh, but I just a uh, podcaster, creator, um, just trying to make it through this crazy life. I want to talk to you um, not just about the podcast, but I guess before we even get to that, Tell us a little bit about your upbringing. Um, were you always into, you know, trying different things, being creative, seeing what you can make and things like that? Yeah, I think uh, I think ever since a child, it's kind of, it's, I wouldn't say exactly weird, you know what I mean? But I've always uh, kind of looked at life and then, you know, or at least my background, because I don't, I don't come from like the the um, the nicest of, of times, you know what I mean? I don't come from like the wealthiest of backgrounds either, you know? Very, very small area, moved around, a, not a lot, but like in very, very small communities and from an area originally where it's, you know, not necessarily known around the world and doesn't get a lot of fame for a lot of stuff. So uh, growing up in like those kind of areas, you know, it, it kind of toughens you up a bit, you know what I mean? And then not exactly having, you know, the best, I guess you would say family structure for a lot of times, it doesn't exactly help you out either. Um, but just seeing like all the stuff around me and seeing, you know, uh, my surroundings and my former peers and, you know, friends and all and seeing the the paths that they traveled. And I just knew that uh, there was, there's got to be more to life than just what I'm accustomed to. You know what I'm saying? If that makes sense. I just knew that there was more, I feel like life has more to offer. And I felt like there was a, a bubble. I was going to be self-contained if, if I stayed stagnant, if I stayed where I was living. So I made it a thing to get out of the area that I was at, get out of my comfort zone, um, experiment with new places, try new things and kind of just spread my wings essentially. But it was also just being like, um, you know, always knowing in the back of your mind or back of your head that, that, you know, there's, there's, you don't, you can't put a finger on it. You, you know, you don't know just exactly what it is, but you, you're meant to do something, something other than what is what's accustomed to or what I'm used to. You know what I mean? Still don't know exactly, you know, what that is. You know, I'm on this podcast journey and um, I think I'm finding my way. So, yeah. You mentioned that back when you were 16, you know, 16 to 21, um, you know, late teens, early, early 20s, you you thought of life in a certain way. You thought that being optimistic was kind of just sus, right? It was kind of like, well, how are people this happy? Or like, why are they so, you know? like this, like that. Um, what do you think conditioned you to think like that? Yeah, I think, uh, so to give more clarity to in that too, so maybe to help you all too, is it's more so like back in the day, I used to not be so optimistic with a lot of things. And, um, I'd always be not so much of a downer or a negative person, but I just would see other situations and other, uh, families and, and things where everything seemed 
way better than mine that I couldn't fathom having that or I couldn't understand that. You know what I mean? And I've talked about it, like even, you know, to a couple of my friends and everything. Uh, something simple like uh, going to a, a fam- going to a restaurant for a family dinner. You know what I mean? Like going out and choosing like, hey, where are we going to eat as a family on a, on a Friday night? Where are we going? I've, I, I see my friends have that. And um, I, I'm just I never had that. So it was like, what? <laughs> like. I was just so oblivious to me that I didn't know that was a thing, you know what I mean? Or I wouldn't have to go to a friend's house or go stay the night at a friend's house when I was younger and seeing that they had like an actual, like a stability, you know what I mean? Like they had a routine, like dinner, all the family would sit at the dinner table and then afterwards so-and-so would go to their room. You know, my friend would have his own room and his own TV of this and, you know, and or a friend of mine had his own car and all this other stuff, you know? So I didn't, you know, growing up, I didn't have that. So it, it was so more, it was more so like, um, what is all, what are they, what are they to be happy for? You know? And I kind of talked about it on a previous episode of my own podcast. I said, uh, I would look at other people's parents and, uh, not be envious of them, you know, but I would, well, I guess, yeah, I would be envious of them because their parents would be like, uh, they would get them everything or they'd be able to provide them a lunch money or, or, or do the things, you know, buy them these things. And I'd be like, man, you, your parents got, you know, you know, like, oh, you got that? Like, Man, you, you, you bougie, you know what I mean? You, you must be rich. You got all this stuff, you know, growing up. And so I got older, you know what I mean? And then um, I, fig- I figured this out before I became a parent, but, but now that I am a parent as well, it just makes it more magnified that, hey, that's how it's supposed to be. You know what I mean? Like, that's what you want for your children. You want to be able to provide the most as you can, and you want to be able to take care of them and get them things, you know? So it was more so like not being accustomed to that and then looking at that like I didn't know what that was, you know? And to go to go uh, a little more, it's uh, being the negative, uh, not like I said, not necessarily negative Nancy, but it was always just like, nah, that's not, that's not real. Or I can't see myself doing that. I can't go to these places or like uh, traveling. Well, I can't do that, you know? How am I gonna do that? I've never done that, you know? So it was that old school way of thinking that once I did get out of that comfort zone and when I did start to be independent and when I was living on my own and had my own spot ever since I was 18 years old and, um, you know, making my way through, I guess you were just growing up is when I was just like, oh, you know, there's there's more to life. And hey, there's okay. There's more the people are like you can be optimistic instead of pessimistic and you can be, you know, you can say hello to a stranger without having to worry about like if they're dogging you or something like that. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. How did that, I guess, affect you when you were, when you were going up? Were you encouraged to to do new things, to try new things? Um, I guess describe to us a little bit more about your environment growing up. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, you know, like I said, it was uh, it's a very very small area. I mean, I'm talking about what I, where I grew up as two places where I kind of grew up as a small little town called Greenfield. That's where I was at from preschool all the way to sixth grade. And uh, it's in the central coast area. And then from sixth grade all the way to when I graduated high school. So six years, six years there is I was living in a smaller town called San Lucas in, here in California in the central coast. They're only like 20 miles apart from each other. But six years there, six years there, I kind of count that as one. But really, realistically, where I, where I like to say I grew grew up as in San Lucas. And living there, it's like, man, you're talking about a population of less than 400 people. You're talking about um, one school that was from Head Start all the way to eighth grade. There was no, there was no um, outside people. It was just the people that you grew up with and you know that right there, they're all going to school with each other, you know. And then on top of that, 
Um, there was no, there was no stores. I mean, there was a store, but it got burnt down. So there was a, a store that was there, but uh, maybe like two street lights, no intersections. There was no, we had the stop signs, but there was no intersections. And then where I, where I lived at, I grew up, I mean, I lived with my grandparents. When I was younger, I was my mom, uh, my sisters we were living, when we were living in Greenfield, uh, we eventually got evicted and we had to move in with my grandparents. So when we were, when we were living with our grandparents, it was my grandparents, my little small family, like with my mom and my sisters, and then my cousins, their small family with their, with their brothers and sisters. It was all of us living in this small house, two bedroom, uh, one and a half bath, one shower with, uh, you know, no cable, no satellite, no internet. Uh, I don't even think we had a f like a landline at the time. I mean, either. And I think to this day, they still don't. So it was, uh, it was living in that, that kind of, it was like self-centered, you know what I mean? Like I didn't really know all these other things. Um, so that's kind of where like I grew up with, with a lot of the stuff and my curiosity for, for just, you know, learn, trying to learn new things or just experiment in my own ways just came from literally just that, just being curious, you know, curious about life, curious about what's past this, curious about, um, what can I, what can, uh, how much money can I get to make, potentially make at this age, at this age? You know, I was, I've been having a job since like, whether it be summertime or part-time or something like that, since literally middle school, you know what I'm saying? Working any little type of way to make income. I remember when I was like in like sixth grade, dude, I used to, I used to be like, man, like how much do doctors make? Doctors make like $20 an hour. That's, if they're making 20 an hour, they must be millionaires. And I remember thinking like, one day I'm gonna make, I'm gonna get $20 an hour. You know what I mean? It was way off because doctors make, you know, way more than that. But that's just how small my mind was. So my curiosity was just wanting to do more out of life, get out, of, get more out of life, and then um, really just trying to make a better situation, uh, living situation for my family. I just see them. It was like, you know, even to this day, I I, I I try to help them out as much as I can and do more from that. So just curiosity with all that. Do you remember an experience specifically where maybe this might be after you graduated uh, and you moved out or? just started exploring a little bit more. Do you remember a certain experience where you realize, oh, okay, the world really is bigger than I actually thought and there is possibility and I may, I am able to do these things. You know, if so, what was that possibility or not possibility? What was that uh, experience that really does stand out for you? I'll give you two, I'll give you two um, specific scenarios that come to mind. Um, one of them is not really specifically, the first one is not a, a once a one exact moment that flipped the switch for me. It's more so like a collective, little collective thing. Um, I was dating this girl at the time, um, ex-girlfriend, and I was with her for a couple, like a long time, a couple years, you know what I mean, throughout my whole high school. And uh, uh, I was, uh, when I started to date her and everything, her, uh, her, her small family, they would do uh, a lot of things. They would go out, they would, you know, uh, go, uh, they were the first people that took me to an olive garden. I didn't know what the hell an olive garden, <laughs> olive garden was. They took me to a water park. Didn't know what the heck that was. Ice skating. Didn't know what that was, you know? So, uh, it was that I was being a part of that and, uh, tagging along with a lot of, you know, family adventure stuff that they would do. And then being like, man, like there's so much more out there in the world. And this is still just within California. You know, this is still living in California being like, I didn't even know this was in this area or this was in that you know, wanting to do that more. And then this was when I was in high school. So it was already kind of plotting in my head, like, oh, once, once I'm done with this, I'm, I got to take, I got to do something, you know? And, um, so that, that was like, kind of like the first initial seed that I guess that was essentially 
planted. And then the second time, the one that comes to mind is when I was in, I used to be, I was in the army. I joined the military uh, right out of high school, like four days after, four days after I graduated, I was on literally a plane gone uh, to Fort Benning, Georgia for, uh, cause I joined the army. And it was when I was in training, like midway through, and it was, it sucked, you know what I mean? It's, uh, it was, it was, it was hard. It was, you know, it, I had a combat MOS, so it amplified everything a little more. And um, it was one moment specific, particular when um, there was like a family weekend. And I remember I didn't, I, my family couldn't come for the weekend. And so I remember seeing like having like all the other people's, you know, families there and everything from all over the place. Man, I, I met so much other people from the world, you know? And then being like, I remember sitting there I had, I did have someone come visit me and they, we were here, they, they were there with me for the weekend, but it wasn't like my, my, my family, my family, you know? And um, I remember when I had just came back and everybody was coming back and everything. And I remember we're, we're talking about all these places we could have be going and potentially. And I remember sitting there thinking, wherever I go, I've seen so much, there's so many places that I want to go. There's so many people that I've met is no matter where I go, um, I'm going to make the most out of it. And it's going to be the initial trajectory for whatever's going to happen within the next five years. Like that was the, I was like, this is going to be from this point on, I got to do everything. I set myself a five-year plan from that point. And, you know, I can proudly say that I, I, re, I did every single one of those, of, uh, those goals in my five-year plan. But that was initially the, the time where I was just like, I got to get out of here and do something. And that's powerful. Cause we were, I mean, when, when we were talking, um, when I was on, on hypocritical, hypocritical AF, um, we were talking about the curiosity and how much that pushes you and, and the opportunities that it, it can push you to. Um, now, <clears throat> was social media or like social media or anything involved with social media, was that ever like something that interested you? Because again, talking back to when you were, younger early teens i mean late teens early 20s you mentioned that you know you couldn't see yourself doing that right and whether it, it may not be social media or just art in general after that experience of meeting these people from around the world and seeing that the world was you know bigger that bigger than it actually is and then also with the rise of social media at that time was that ever a, a thought in your mind, even just as a hobby or just something that you would try for fun? Yeah, I think uh, when when I was in high school, so I graduated 2010 um, from high school. And so at that time, I think that social media wasn't really a, a thing. I mean, I had a MySpace. Everybody had a MySpace, you know, I got my top 10. Shout out, Tom. And uh, so I did have that, you know what I mean? But uh, it was... I wasn't really big on that. And then I think right around 2009, 2010, that's when Facebook and Twitter were coming out. I didn't, I didn't, I never had a Facebook up until just recently for the podcast, but I never joined it. Cause I was just like, I have a MySpace. What do I need that? You know? And then the Twitter, I just, at that time, I think everybody, you know, didn't really get exactly what Twitter was. And, um, a bunch of friends of mine, we used to actually make fun of it. We'd be like, how does this work? Like, what do you just send random things? Like, Hey, just got out of class or Hey, just bought these bags of hot Cheetos. You know what I mean? Like we were thinking of it as something along, along, along the lines of that. But, um, so it was more so making fun, making fun of a lot of stuff. But I think, uh, I, I've, so I always had my, my, uh, my MySpace profile on, on private. And I think it was because, I mean, not I think, but 
when I look back on it, it was a couple, it was two different things for sure. And two different things mainly. I think the first thing was I was, so the, my high school where, where I went to, it wasn't just, uh, it was 10 miles away from where I lived at. So I, we, we used to have to take a bus to go to high school, you know? And at the high school, there was, it was centered around in King City, which was that, that current uh, city where the, where the high school was at. There was a small little place called Pine, Can Pine Canyon. There was a small little place called Lockwood. There's a small little place called San Ardo. There's a small little place in San Lucas where I was living at and growing up. All of us went to school there, so it was sort of, you know, a big melt melt melting pot. So I didn't know a, a lot of people. I was friends with a lot of people, but I didn't know a lot of people. And at the time, I was just, again, being off, being uh, pessimistic or, you know, again, like a negative Nancy or not trying to be intentionally. It was more so like, who are these? Like, why? I don't know them. Why do they need to, you know, why do they need to follow me? I, who are these people? Why do they need to see what I'm posting? You know, because that's how I used to be back in the day. And um, so that was just my space. And then when I took off, when I was in the military, that was it. I didn't I didn't have I didn't do the MySpace thing anymore. I wasn't on Facebook, I wasn't on Twitter, and then eventually, eventually, what came back? I still, did, I still wasn't on any of that. I wasn't paying attention to a lot of a lot of the world back in my hometown or a lot of stuff because at that in that moment, I was like, I wasn't trying to live in the past. You know what I mean? So in my mind, again, it was more so like, I don't want to take two steps back because I was so focused on going forward. You know what I mean? So once I was my when it was my last year. When I was like 2013, going into 2014, uh, this is when Snap, I think, and Instagram was like, just it came out, you know. So, and you know, there was a Vine and shit like that, but I still didn't make one of those. But I ended, I made, I did make an Instagram, and still learning everything. And then, um, so it was being in the army too. It was just like my high school, like in that you're in a melting pot with a bunch of different people, just you know, times ten, and <laughs> you would like thousands of people you know so it was kind of like that too when i had my instagram it was more so like i don't want you know i don't want them to see this shit you know what i mean because i'm doing shit outside of the army like me and me and the guys that i was with we're getting we're getting in trouble you know we're drinking we're doing all this shit you know so i don't want to get caught up in anything you know so um it was always been been not private literally up until like a year ago so i stayed I just, I didn't, I was reluctant with going on, on public and I just, you know, it was, uh, I don't know who was seeing what. It was, it was the old school mentality of, of stuff, you know? And then that's when I say I molded out of that and I, you know, you kind of have to embrace these type of things, especially if you're trying to become a creative, um, an influencer, a, well, not necessarily influencer, but influence in some type of way, uh, marketability, you know, anything like that. So it was molding out of that. And I can agree. I think Growing up for me as well, just growing up with social media, right? Not, not you know, growing up and then social media came out of nowhere, right? Um, I grew up with social media and I would see friends have, you know, Facebook or in middle school. That that was like the thing. And then and I, I think Instagram, like Instagram came out when I was in middle school. Oh, shit. So, <laughs> so, pe so, so people were just getting that right. And uh, luckily I didn't have a phone. And I say luckily... Because maybe at the time I didn't feel like at the time I felt like I was missing out, mm -hmm. right? But looking back now, it it allowed me to really just separate myself from, I guess, the politics and just a whole new level of of, of politics that were there that were kind of building up from 
because of social media, right? Right. And um, yeah, I mean, same thing, same mentality. Um, you know, coming, you know, my parents are Hispanic, Hispanic as well, so the same thing, you know, like you don't know who's on social media, like who's following you, like you, like you, it's not safe. You, you know, you hear stories about things happening, and yeah, I mean, it it, it wasn't until after I graduated that. And I started taking photos that I was like, okay, this is this isn't really for me. It's now for a business, and how you said being able to market what you do and who you do it for. Um, in high school, it was just about okay, I just let me flex, let me get some likes, you yeah, know, yeah, let, yeah, me, yeah. let me you know uh, DM this girl or something like that. Yep, yep. Things things like that. That that was the whole mentality. And then after I was like, okay, no, 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 this is for something else. Like you could really use this for mm, a tool, a business or for business. Right. So, um, I want to take a step back, um, a little bit. Um, if I can too, though, I, I will say, and sorry to interrupt. I, yeah, I no, will say good, too, I couldn't, to a uh, point to that too would be, I couldn't imagine having to grow, I'm not gonna say grow up with, but like, I'm thankful I didn't have social media when I was in high school. I'm thankful I didn't have like, well, not social media because again, there was MySpace, but I'm thankful I didn't have, there wasn't a Snap or an Instagram when I was in high school because I feel like it would have changed so much shit in my life and it would have put on a different path or set off a different trajectory and probably caused a lot of drama too. So I'm thankful that it wasn't in high school. And I did, I ended up getting on it like kind of after, like I was like a 21 at the time, I think when, when I finally got one. And so I'll just, just to say that I was a little more mature, you know what I'm saying? By the time it was came yeah, out. No, a hundred percent. And the same thing, cause it, like I said, it just builds this whole high school politics thing. And it, it's, uh, it's funny because, you know, you just saying that, right. It, it allowed me to reflect a little bit more on my experience with it in high school. And we would literally just spend so much time like, yo, what should I caption this? Or like, yo, <laughs> like, like yeah. things like that, like coming up with captions and like taking pictures and like, it's cool. It's fun. But you know, you don't have those authentic moments. And when I look back at the high school, you know, I, I really do appreciate even more now those authentic relationships, those authentic experiences that I had with, with classmates and, and peers at the time those are the things that you, you really are appreciative of. And, you know, um, social media can now we're seeing more and more of the effects of that, right. Where, you know, people aren't communicating as much or they're being a little bit more anxious or shy or just not having that person to person communication. And those experiences with people are super important. How you said to mature and, and see the world and, and, and learn. Um, so I definitely agree with you on that. Um, Growing up, um, what kind of impact did your grandpa have on you? Huge. I mean, to this day, uh, my I'm pretty vocal. I'm pretty open with uh, with saying like how you know the love that I have for my grandfather, and uh, it's literally there's there's not a lot of people that I put like on such a high pedestal that, that I look up to, you know what I mean? You know, when people say like, hey, who's, who's your hero? You know what I'm saying? Like when they ask you those type of questions or who's the person you look up to the most? And there's some cliche answers, you know, like there is like a, like there's literally give you like a superhero of someone to be like, you know, my dad or something like that. It's literally for my, my grand, grandpa for me. I get so much stuff from him, so much knowledge, um, so much inspiration. A lot of the stuff I do, um, I, I try to mirror, you know, or emulate 
to what he's done in, in, in his life. And, you know, not everybody's perfect, you know what I mean? But I, I, I take apart a lot of the good things. So um, growing up, I, I would say it's a, it's a tumultuous, what I'm looking for, like a, like in uh, a kind of spotty relationship with my own dad, with my father, like he, he just w was in and out, you know, a lot of the time when, when I was young. And um, he hasn't, we have, he hasn't lived with, well, we haven't lived with each other. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm an adult now, so he doesn't live with me, but I, uh, I, he moved out, moved out when I was, officially moved out when I was like in, um, like in high school. But like in middle school from six to eight, kind of was there, kind of wasn't. And then elementary, it was like three, four years not there. And then here, and then we would go visit sometimes, you know. So just not having that, that, still like that stable, like, you know, as a dad, like, you know, traditionally in there. So it was tough to look at that to kind of get reference for a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? And that, I'm not trying to paint a negative, you know, picture on him or, 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 a, you know, a dark cloud over him. You know, he, they went through them, like my parents went through their own things and he had to go through things with his own life and, you know, had to do whatever he had to do. Um, but with my grandpa, it was more so like, uh, he was always just there. And when, I remember when, when I was growing up, he would come, drive over, pick us up, go do stuff, and help me out with a lot of things. And then in middle school, would would because I was living, it was me, my sisters, and my two sisters and my mom, living us together. My mom was uh, essentially like a single mom, like I said, because there was uh, no male there, and uh, it was working. And then we would go to school a lot of times. So a lot of, and then when my sisters were older than me, you know what I mean? Like, like five or four, whatever the hell years older than me. So they were gone a lot of too, because at the time they were teenagers. I was, I was a young kid. So I was by myself a lot of the time. And I get curiosity again, <laughs> coming up with a lot of stuff. And I would just walk, wander through the towns or wonder what this is and wonder what that is, you know? But my grandpa would always help out a lot. He would come over, get a drop off food or come over, take a, take a, like a, like a dinner thing, like here's a, like pizzas or come over, bring leftover food that my grandma had made or help out with buying stuff. You know, he's the one that bought me, he, he got me my first little bicycle. You know what I mean? Had that, you know? And then, um, I just remember, uh, his, his heart was mainly the biggest thing, like his generosity. He was living in a, and again, his, a little, little small area as well. It's called, it's in Chular right outside of Salinas. And um, he had him and my grandma living together, my Theo living there, my Thea living there, her kids living there. Um, whoever else needed to live there, he was always open arms with a lot of stuff. Like, you guys can stay here, you know, it's grandpa's house. And we would go visit a lot. And I would always love to go visiting over there because I thought he was the coolest dude ever. You know what I mean? He, were, he, was, he always worked as like a mechanic, a diesel mechanic, ag, ag mechanic, and just work on a lot of cars. So I thought he was a cool dude, you know? And then, uh, and then eventually, like I said, in sixth grade, opened his arms to us and brought us in when we got evicted in, in Greenfield. So he took us in, and then every day, I just seeing him at his age get up, the same routine every morning, get up, his coffee, go to work. You know, traditionally, you know, you know, we're, you know, we're Mexican, so you know how it is, you know. So you come back, and then um, I just, it was church, it was, for him it was church on Sundays, you know what I mean? And um, my other cousin, my other, my tias like, that came, they were going to some do some shit. They needed a spot. And what does he do? Of course, you can stay with us. So now, like, everybody's staying at grandpa's, you know? And just seeing, like, man, he's, still, he's letting us all stay here, you know? Low income, 
barely some food, but somehow we still being able to to provide for a lot of stuff, you know. Uh, seeing him go like, I've I've gone with him. I've gone with him to Mexico. I've gone with him traveling to Utah, uh, Washington, Oregon, Idaho. I've gone with him for all the drives. Just wanting to always go with him. He's going to the store. I'll be like, I want to go with your grandpa. I was gonna go. Uh, my grandma's taking him lunch for his at his at his work, and they take him to lunch. It's like I want to go. I want to go see him. You know. So it was just. It was more so seeing how of, of a big-hearted person he is and how generous generous he is with a lot of his time and his money and being like, you know, to me thinking he was the coolest dude ever, you know, and then growing out of that and going going into high school and post-high school, it was, I was going in for a lot, going to him for a lot of stuff. He showed me my, how to do a first tune-up in my, on my car that I bought. He, he, um, he was letting me stay when I was working in the fields um, in high school, I was working in the fields and I was coming back and he was telling me, this, these, are the stuff, these are the boots you should get. You should use this. You should have this lunch pail on for your, for your lunches. Um, when you come back uh, and, you, and you're working on this, let me show you this. You know what I mean? And it was like um, my first brake job, my first oil change, everything with cars related. Let me show you this. Let me show you that, you know? And then even to this day, you know, I can say if I have something that I'm like need some advice with or I need some help with, you know, I'll reach out to him me and him face it's funny too because like well he doesn't have like an iphone so he doesn't facetime but he has a uh, uh, google he duo you know what duo is it's like the you know the face like the messing face messenger type of thing so we'll like uh face chat through that a lot of times we talk me, me and my grandpa we talk like at least once a week you know either he calls me or i'm i'm calling him we actually speak more than i, I speak to him more than like i talk to my mom <laughs> you know what i mean and I don't mean that as a diss, you know, but I just, I talk, that's how much I, I talk to him. Yeah. So, yeah. No, He's, it's, it's definitely a, it's just a, a certain connection you get when you grow along with that person and, and not just physically, but like mentally and also him teaching you different things and, and like giving you advice and things like that. It, there, there's a bond that, that develops with that. Right. Um, so <clears throat> After you came back from the military, um, what, I guess, what were your ambitions then? Like, like um, what was that five-year plan that you kind of set forth and what were the actionable steps that, that you took to, to accomplish that and get closer to those goals? So the five, my five-year plan was, um, it was centered and, scheduled, I guess you would say, or, uh, made off of things that I knew that I can, that I can control, not things that I couldn't control in that, um, my first goal was to, when I was in the army was to make Sergeant, uh, that I want to make, that was like the first thing. And, you know, I was, like I said, pretty proud to say that I did, I was able to reach that goal. I made Sergeant and I made it like in, um, record time, like, uh, like very fast, like, uh, I kind of fast tracked through a lot of stuff and taking care of a lot of things. And I did it like in, under two and a half years, which is uh, less than average. I guess I, I want to say like the average is like four years plus, you know, uh, there's some people that, you know, can be five, six, six years in and still haven't made it, you know, and it's not a knock on them. It's not a diss or anything. I just was so focused on making that, that I did it in, like I said, under two and a half years. The second goal of mine was to uh, exit out the military with an honorable discharge, meaning like I fulfilled my my, my duties, um, I had my, like I said, I had my, my combat MOS and, and, um, I got out in, on the contracted time that I signed up for 
and I wanted to get out doing everything right. I didn't want to have a blemish on my record. I didn't want to get out. Like, I don't want to get kicked out. I don't want to lose all my benefits, you know, shit like that. That was the second goal from, that was like the first, within the first three, four years plan. And uh, my fourth goal was to get somehow, was because I'm not a big, I'm not a big uh, school person. Like, I didn't really care about, it's just weird to say, but I didn't really care for a college degree. You know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't, that's not exactly what I was pursuing. That's not, not something I really did. I'm not good with um, academics, you know what I mean? So, but I did have it as a goal to get some type of degree. It didn't, whether it be, um, you know, at a, at a university level or a trade school level, which is eventually what I did. But it was more so of uh, a goal of mine to, to make my, my mom happy because she wanted uh, myself or anybody in my family to get a degree because I was the first person in my family to graduate high school. So that was a big step as if I got my diploma. That was already more than what, you know, my family's accustomed to. And then when I, when, uh, to, to one up that and get a degree, it was something that she'd always want to do. You know what I mean? And the only reason why actually too, when, um, when I graduated high school, I didn't even care to walk, like to make that walk, you know what I'm saying? But my mom, my mom was the one that was like, I want, I, she wanted a photo of me walking with that cap and gown, holding that diploma. And I was like, I don't give a fuck, you know, but I did it for her, you know? So it was, and then her biggest thing was like, if you're a college student, like, you know? And so I went, I went to my, I, so my first college, I got kicked out of. I was here in SAC. I got kicked out of my first college, like literally three weeks before graduation. Got kicked out. And uh, so I put that off for a little bit and then I, I signed up for school again and I finally passed well, it was like a year and seven months or something like that. I got it done and I was able to get my, my uh, associate's, associate's degree in, in applied science, associate's, associates of applied science in computer networking. So I, I did that one. And my last goal was I wanted to uh, buy a house or become a homeowner no later than 25. And I, I was like pushing it. I was already 25 and I was like a couple months away from turning 26, you know, but I did it. I bought, I bought my house at 25. Damn, bro. So, <clears throat> and, and this is something that is a little bit more general, um, but I, w- I would want to hear from your experience uh, because this is something that, you know, I, I was never really into goal setting. Um, I never really understood it. I was just focusing again on things that I could start and things that I could do right now. Um, what's your mentality when you are in the middle of that journey, when it's not as exciting as, you know, when the first time you like wrote goals down, uh, how do you, like, how do you experience that when you're in the middle of the mud and it, that excitement from writing the goals down kind of fades away a little bit? Well, I think it's, it's, uh, it's a mix of a couple things. I think one, uh, I didn't, it depends on who you are as a person, you know, you know, they say they have like some, a person's a left brain person or a right brain person. Some people are more of an, um, a visual person and some people are more of a learn from mistakes, uh, learn from other person's mistake. There's a guy, there's like one of my, one of the guys I look up, up to too. Um, a lot of people might know him. His name is Charlemagne the God, see the God, Leonard McKelvey, right? I really look, look up to that a lot of dude and I get a lot of influence and I've been following his career and a lot of stuff that he does for like the last, literally the last decade. But um, he has a quote that he was saying that I heard on, on his podcast that I'm sure he got from somewhere else. But it was the quote was um, smart people learn from their mistakes and wise people learn from the mistake of others. 
You know what I mean? I kind of put those two, being visual person and learning from the mistakes of others in, in mind. So I never actually like physically wrote down my goals, but I kept them up here. You know, mentally I had them in my, in my brain and I was like, I know what I want to do. And I kind of laid that out in my brain. I never actually wrote it down. I didn't put them up on, on a, on a, you know, on my window or my mirror and use them as like, you know, daily affirmations or stuff like that. I didn't at first. And though those goals were structured like that because I, like I, like I said, it was something I knew that I can have in my control. And I was learning from the mistakes of people in my family. I was learning from the mistakes of people that I was going to school with. I was learning from the mistakes of people who I, w- I went to high school with. And once I was doing all that, I started to learn more and then actually learn from the mistakes of people who I was in the army with as well. So I was lear- using, doing that, seeing that and being like, that's what I'm not going to do. Seeing this other thing being like, that's what I'm not going to do. And when I started putting the correlation of them two together, that's when I started to, I was like, okay, maybe, maybe I do need to at least jot this down in a little, somewhat of a journal. You know, not that I say it's a diary, not to say that I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm writing shit down every single day, but I would, I would jot things down here and would jot things down there. And that's when I kind of put, you know, bridge the gaps essentially. And when, when that's when I did that. So I used those two things, being a visual person and also, you know, learning from mistakes of others and putting those two together. And, um, but to answer your question, as far as, you know, when it's at the lowest lows or, or, or like in the muds, man, I, I it was, uh, I definitely, you know, had that, you know, I'm sure everybody, everybody's had, you know, lows. And for me, it was not to say, you know, you just got to see the, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel, you know, not one of those type of dudes or the, that type of person, I should say, but it was more so of being reminded of all the other mistakes still going on as I sat there at that day being like, these still the same mistakes are still happening on the things that I've already wrote down from other people. So that was my daily I should say like a reminder for a lot of stuff. It was like, these mistakes are still happening, dude, like at this level or at this age or, or you know, even, even mistakes that I'm even hearing from other people that are not even in my inner circle. So that was that same, you know, got to keep going, got to keep doing this. Oh, this happened to you today or this is going on in your personal life, relationship-wise, family-wise, all this stuff is happening to you. Um, I would say one of the times, if I could share a story with you, um, when I, uh, so it was after my first year in Sacramento, my first year I, I came here. I'd never been to Sacramento ever in my life. Never. Um, actually it's not a lie. I think I, fl- I flew in one time to Sacramento and I drove, but it was at, it was at an airport and, but I've never been in the city itself, you know, and I came out here for school, didn't know anybody, didn't even have an apartment. I just was like going to my car. I had my TV in the back. I had like my PlayStation 3 at the time, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I had like clothes and shit and that's all I had. And I was sleeping in my car and I was going from like apartment complex to apartment complex to apartment complex, just telling them, do you guys have any availability? Nope, 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 getting turned down. And then a few places were just like, yes, we do. What can you, uh, but we can, we can get you in in a month. And I was like, fuck, I can't do a month. I got school, like I'm already in school orientation Monday. It's Wednesday, I'm two days in, you know? And then I went to another spot and they were like, you have to, okay, we can get you in, but you have to, this is what the requirements, you know, uh, uh, two and a half times the rent or one and a half times the rent, deposit, all this other stuff. And I was like, I got the deposit. I got this, I got that, but I'm not working right now. I don't have an income. I mean, I'm getting paid. I have my GI bill. I'm getting paid to go to school, but the records don't get, it doesn't come in until like a month after they couldn't take this. And I went to another spot. They couldn't take this. 
eventually got to a, a, a one spot where they're able to use that as a supplemental income as, as long as I, I can show the direct deposit's going to hit, you know. Now, thankfully, I was able to get my first apartment, sign a one-year lease. When that one-year lease ended, I was living, I was, again, I was living by myself. That one-year lease ended, and I was at a crossroads in my life where I was like, do I still want to live here, or do I take this, because uh, I had got a job opportunity in Los Angeles. I had money in my savings. I had a whole, I had, I had a whole apartment furnished myself, so it was like, all right, do I want to make this move down there for something that's not guaranteed? I'm literally going to have to spend all my savings to make the move over there to pay for another first month's rent, to pay for deposits, to pay for you all, to get all this stuff out of the way, you know? Do I want to make that, that leap or that jump? Ultimately, I didn't end up going. Uh, I got held back from a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff held me back, and I just didn't make that jump, you know? But I say that to say there was a month period where uh, I was out of my apartment and I just said, fuck it, I'm going to stay here still. Well, the problem with that is that your lease ended. You don't, like school, you got kicked out of school. School's done. You're working part-time at an O'Reilly's. And now you don't have a place to live. So I went through a month period where I, didn't, I was, I, it's tough for me to say completely homeless because this was intentional. My plan was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. For the next month, I'm going to still keep working. I'm going to save all my checks for a month. And I'm going to use that to uh, pay for my deposit and uh, first month's rent at, a, at my next apartment that I might get. But the problem is that for this month, I don't have a roof over my head. So what I did was, and I don't recommend this for a lot of people, okay? But <laughs> so I got a storage unit, but I didn't want to pay for the first, I, only, I know I only needed it for one month. So I looked up the storage unit that was offering the first month's free. All I had to pay was just like the $30 deposit or something like that, right? So I found a storage unit where it was like first month's free. Perfect. I moved all my shit in. And I, I found this storage unit that was climate control. Now, this is key because I was, while I was going to work, I used to, uh, I used to park my car outside of a Target off of Broadway. Maybe I shouldn't say where, huh? But <laughs> I used to park my car outside of Targets at night and Starbucks, and I used to sleep out of my car out of a few of those days. I was sleeping out of my car. And then I would buy, I would go to the Walmart grocery store, I bought a, an ice chest, and, I'd, and I would put cold food in the ice chest in my trunk and some Capri Suns and a couple noodles and shit in the back. And I would make sandwiches and shit, and that was my, more my food. So I would sleep in my car a few days out of the week, and then I would sleep, I would go to my storage unit, and I would sleep in my storage unit because I knew it was climate controlled. So I had a guaranteed roof over my, roof over my head, somewhat of a freshness and this was like so it wasn't cold it wasn't hot you know so I was doing that for a while and then in that time too I had I had friends I didn't want them to know I was a little bit embarrassed at times like yo I don't I don't have you know a place to sleep so I would I would kind of talk to them like yo what are you doing tonight let's kick it oh let's drink it up and then I would be like man I'm like I messed up you mind if I stay here I'll be like yeah yeah cool and then I would stay another night and then I would hit up my other friend and I would couch search I was doing that for like within the month some nights I was in a friend's house some nights I was in my car and some nights I was in the storage unit you know so uh I did that for a month and then eventually I got my second apartment you know so uh I forgot what I was saying. Oh, yeah, so that's what I mean about, like, those type of things is, like, when you're at those lows of the lows or those muds is that you still... My motivation would get to get out of that was knowing, like, 
I can't go back. I can't go back home. I can't move him back in with my grandparents. What am I going to do? You know, I can't move back over there. I can't backtrack. How, what am I going to do? Let this defeat me? I can, well, I, what am I going to do at this point? Be more homeless than what I already am at right now? So it was like, no, you keep going through, keep pushing through no matter what, no excuses. And, um, you know, you got to find, you got to use yourself to get your own motivation for a lot of stuff. That's inspiring, man. I mean, like that experience, just listening to that, listening to the other experiences, you know, from other guests as well. It's, you know, I I really hope people get something out of it. And I know they do. I know they do because, because, you know, I've been messaged about it and it, it just pushes you like, like, I, I don't know. It just, it just, just hearing that, just like, okay, like, it just makes me want to be like, okay, like, let me just fucking turn up the speed on my shit too. And, yeah, and, yeah. And ramp this shit up, right? Yeah. Um. So, <clears throat> what? From where does the idea of a podcast come from? Because I know that you would listen to podcasts, and you listen to all of them. You mentioned Breakfast Club and, and Charlemagne for the sure. Uh, and you would kind of just pick apart these podcasts, see what you liked, see what you didn't like. But I guess just from the very beginning, at least from what you remember, where did the inspiration for starting a podcast come from? Yeah, I think it was, well, I don't think I should, I should say I know. It was just a few years ago, so I want to say, now that we're in 2021, I would say three years ago. What started off first as an idea um, was more so of listening to a bunch of podcasts and, and literally being maybe it's, you know, cocky or just confident, whatever, being like, man, I could do that. You know, I could do that. They're just, they're just talking, you know what I mean? And then it was, and then it was, you know, listening to other podcasts and seeing how like the dynamic was it's literally just their friends sitting and having a conversation. I was like, I could do that. You know what I mean? Um, but it was also just exploring and listening to other podcasts and then seeing the vulnerability for a lot of the, of the hosts and or guests and seeing the success that they've had and a lot of, you know, content that they were able to put out was based off of their own life experiences or the people that they've known. And I put those two, I was just like, man, well, shit, I could talk about some stuff that I've been through, you know, or I can talk about this and. I got stories for days, dude, like, you know what I mean? And it was more so like, I know so much people like all over the world that I was like, I can, there's a diversity of, of, of people that I can talk to if, if need be, you know, that was just an idea, you know, of course, like on paper, everything sounds like, you know, it's going to work out and stuff like that, you know? So that was just the initial seed that was planted. Uh, and then after that, it was more so of, once I started to look into the, you know, the logistics and the, the background stuff and the finance for a lot of stuff and seeing like, okay, this is doable or this is viable or, or you know, I like, I like a thing. I like to, uh, there's a grind mode that I have, you know what I mean? And I, and I have, you know, with, with my work or, you know, with, uh, being a father is there's a grind mode to it, you know? And that's so, that's something that I'm so accustomed with. I'm so used to, it's just grind mode. Like, you know what I mean? So I remember thinking like, yo, if I can use my work ethic that I have and if I can apply it to something like podcasting, right? But knowing that it's, it's so fucking, you're so vulnerable and, and going against everything, like not against everything, but like it's so opposite of what you normally normally are, you know? It was, a cha- it, was, it was a challenge and it was just like, man, if I could just, you know, if I could put my work ethic into that and if I could break that mold, I'm sure something like if, even if like it goes nowhere, 
I just know I can do something with it, you know, and create a platform for people, you know. So that's when it started to become a reality. And then when I started creating, you know, the name of it and I started putting everything in the pieces and I was like, okay, I don't have, I'm not going to have, uh, not that I'm not going to have, but I, I don't have like a podcast guide. I don't have a God podcast expert. I don't have a producer. I don't have a videographer. I don't have all these things, but what do I do have? I have my work ethic and I have my curiosity. <laughs> so that's when I was just like, I dude, if I could put these, I'm sure I can be successful at this, you know? So I told myself, you know, and I told my girl too, I go, I, uh, I want, uh, give me a year with this, you know, give me a year with this. Let me see what I can, what I can do with this. And if it, if it's something, you know, if it's something that's successful in any metric, or if it's something that's, that I, you know, I found my path, like that I, that I can say, you know, this is, this is what I want to do and everything. Then I'm going to, you know, after this first year, that's like, I'm set, you know, or it could be a thing where it's like, let me do this for a year. Hey, you know what? This wasn't as successful as I thought it was going to be. It wasn't, I didn't do it as good as I thought it was going to be. I didn't spend enough on all the stuff that I thought it was going to be, but I can go to bed and I could live with, I can go to bed every night and I could live with knowing that I gave it the attempt and that I tried. My biggest thing that I wanted to say is like, yo, at least I tried, you know, I didn't want to look back 10 years from now and being like, I didn't do that. You know what I mean? That type of thing. And, um, it was also what delayed it a little bit too was then the pandemic hit 2020. So then it was just like, all right, this doesn't seem realistic. And then my son was born. My son was born in, in 2020. So then it was like, all right, that's definitely not going to happen now because all the time's going to have to be, you know, on that too. But as time passed, a couple months in, you know, a lot of, a lot of downtime and uh, saving and saving and saving, I finally was just like, no, like this, you know, I got to, I got to take a stab at it, but my big, but I got to, just as much time as I put into this, I got to put just as much time as in, in, in family time, because, you know, like, like, you know, in my background, it, that wasn't like that. So it means a lot to me to, to have just as much time dedicated to my family as much as I do this. Yeah, dude, that, I'm glad you saying that because <clears throat> I mean, at, at least from my experience, sometimes I would get caught up too much and just video or video production and, and learning and and trying new things and trying to grow what what I'm trying to do that you do forget relationships and we talked about this again in, in your in your podcast that it's you know relationships are, are one of the main things man and and uh, whether that be with a significant other you know uh, a son a daughter uh, a child really um parents, you know, cousins, sisters, whatever it may be, right? It, it's just super vital and you can't really lose sight of that, man. And, and uh, just hearing you say that, it, tying that with the, the worth ethic and curiosity and determination that you have for the podcast and where you want to take it, like, that's good. That's good. I fuck with that, bro. Um, so <clears throat> the name, you mentioned hypocritical AF, obviously AF, uh, Albert, Albert Figueroa as well. Uh, and then you're calling yourself out, um, Albert your younger Fig. Self out. Yeah, yeah. Albert Fig. <laughs> but um, yeah, calling my, my younger self out. What are some of the, in the beginning, sometimes we get, we have that ethic and we have that curiosity. What, if any, was there any, like, just I, I say I, I say paralysis I, paralysis by analysis but was there any kind of like oh shit like where do I even start 
uh, where did you even start? Yeah, I think uh, yeah, for sure. It definitely is that, you know, as you know, too, with this is like there's a certain way that you want to initially do a launch. You know, there's a way you want to guide everything. And there's a, there's a kind of a of a uh, structure that you would like to do. You know, in a perfect world, you would like to have a, a structure, a set, a specific way to launch everything. But unfortunately, we don't live in a perfect world, you know. So my my initial way of starting it was doing an introduction. I shot, I did an intro episode, which was very qu quick, dude. It was, and a matter of fact, it wasn't even an episode. I would consider it like a trailer. You know, I did, I did like a trailer. Um, I ultimately ended up deleting it because I didn't like, when I look back on it, I didn't like the, the tone I was setting. Like I was, it was my first recording, you know? So I was really like monotone. I was really slow and I didn't like it at first, you know? And I didn't want that to be the first thing that people listen to when they go into this podcast, because, you know, the podcast, I try to make it, I, try, I literally just try to be myself as much as I can, but I also try to be entertaining. And I'm just naturally, uh, I naturally, not to say I'm a comedian or anything like that, but I naturally have like a comedic tone, you know what I mean? So it's a mix of that. And um, so when I started, when I started, it was like, all right, I want to start the first one with on as a guest. And my initial plan was to change everything out intermittently, like have a guest on, do a solo episode, have a guest on, do a solo episode. And I felt like that was the best approach because I was able to highlight dope people, you know, or dope individuals. And I could still do solo episodes where I can just be myself and like, uh, not to say that I'm not being myself on the guest ones, but I can kind of just talk myself, you know what I mean? And also it's like a win-win situation because, you know, you don't want to like short yourself out. Like you don't want to run out of guests, you know, the first month, you know what I mean? So doing the solo episode ones too is like, that's how I wanted it. I wanted to do solo guest, solo guest, or maybe, you know, guest, 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 solo, you know, have a change. But I didn't want to, I, I felt it was important to incorporate the solo episodes too, because you know, you get, that's when some people get to know you. And so, and sometimes they'll just hate you, <laughs> you know? So <laughs> it was, uh, it was, it was that it was the solo ones and the guest ones. Did you have any imposter syndrome when you were starting out? Mm, no, no, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say imposter syndrome. No, I was pretty solid, man. Like I said, pretty, pretty headstrong with a lot of stuff. And, um, it was just, I just knew, like I said, if the things I can only be, you know, I can only control the things that, that I can control. And not to repeat that, but it was like, I was like, all right, I have the foundation, you know, I have, I built the website, I built the social media platforms, I have the channel, I have the, you know, the, the, the email, the contact email, I have, um, pro, uh, somewhat of a pro level e equipment. I have, um, structured in the way I want to do these and set them out and have everything, you know? So I think about my biggest thing too, is not to say that I'm a, uh, you know, cause ultimately you're, you're your biggest critic. But I look at what the, I try to gauge what the, the big time pro levels with the podcasters and everything like that. I try to get a gauge of what they're doing and I try to mimic that, you know what I mean? And be like, this is what they're doing. So I'm going to have it accustomed to be this way too. So that way, you know, if this ever becomes huge and as big as ever them, it's so normal that it becomes a thing where everybody's accustomed to it. And I don't, I don't seem out of the loop. You know what I'm saying? So for those listening who are not aware, um, or who might have just maybe tuned in a little bit. Um, who like what is hypocritical AF um, as a podcast? Right, we mentioned the name where the name came from, but uh, I guess as a brand, uh, as as a as a, a a business, what is it? 
Yeah, so hypocritical AF is it's calling, it's embrace. For one, it's embracing uh, hypocriticalness when, when yourself and in your in life in general, you know. So hypocritical AF can be well for for starters, the name is like a double entendre. It's two different things, right? Hypocritical as fuck, and it's also hypocritical me, Albert Figueroa, because I'm calling myself out, and I'm 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 trying to get people to be, you know, to embrace vulnerability, to embrace growth, to embrace, um, you know, learning from mistakes and everything. So just the fact that I'm that I'm here right now, just the fact that I'm. Um, talking to you this way, just the fact that, you know, seeing that, you know, we essentially know each other, like you said, for two months and opening up as much as I am, just the fact that I've created this and everything is very hypocritical of myself when I was younger. And so it's also telling people to having people embrace that. It's also giving, uh, trying to create people for guests, a comfortable environment where they can be themselves and, and make some mistakes and be hypocritical, you know? So that's essentially what the root of hypocritical AF is. Being a full-time dad, and a full-time worker, and running the podcast. Give us some of your, give us an insight into that world. What does that look like? Mm-hmm-hmm. Yes, yes. So, oof, well, yeah, like I said, I have my normal daytime job. It's Monday through Friday. It's not exactly a nine to five. It's it's more hours. It's It's pretty independent with a lot of stuff. I don't have a set call time. I don't have a set lunch time. I don't have, you know, these routine times, which is, you know, good and bad. It could be good in that you have the freedom of flexibility, um, to start whenever and, and end whenever, but it's also bad when you have to manage all these times and not have a structured time where you'd be like, I don't know what time I'm gonna get home. I don't know what I'm doing this weekend. And then with being on call for a lot of stuff for work, there's that. And then when you incorporate the podcast, it's like, I know for a fact, I'm going to drop a, an episode every single week, right? I'm going to record once a week. I'm also, if there's an opportunity to bring a guest on that can be used as a bonus episode, or even if I say, if I already have two week, two weeks already scheduled and planned out and another guest wants, like I can squeeze them with another guest, then I have to do a, a bonus episode. So now I'm recording twice a week and I'm doing all the post-production myself. So I'm doing all the editing. I'm doing the audio editing. I'm doing the video editing. I'm, I'm, and then I'm, making I make it a thing to where it's like every episode has a, a clip on Instagram and then a highlighted clip on, on a mini clip on, on YouTube, you know, so there's that. And then you incorporate the time with uh as dad time, you know. You wanna be dad time, like I said, it's 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 there is no routine with the dad time. It's it can it, it's from the time you wake up so it's to the time you go to sleep, you know? And then it's also giving your partner or your significant other a chance for them to get a break. It's also giving them a rest. And that's when you, you know, essentially tag in, but you also can't complain for a lot of stuff because that's when you're getting your bonding time as a dad, you know? And, um, a lot, if, if there's any parents out there and if there's dad, if there's dads listening, you know, they'll know that that first six months or so it's, it's, you're not really, you're more so of a body for the mom. You know, it's you're, the, the, the baby is just stuck on the mom. You're just there kind of to provide and to help, you know? After that six months, then you start to become noticeable and the baby's starting to remember you, know who you are, you know what I mean? So it's like every single day, no matter what's going on, you can be, have a shitty day, a shitty, ep- not to say shitty episode, but it's like you didn't feel con- good with the episode. Uh, there's traffic, you're fucking tired when out there's everything, no matter what's going on, all that goes out the window when it's time to be there with your, uh, with your uh, baby because you have to be present, you know? And it's a good feeling when you walk in 
and baby sees you and they're excited, they're smiling and they just want to give you a hug, you know? So it's, um, it's trying to balance all that in, in, in one. So work, editing, <laughs> producing, um, managing, and then having the dad time and then trying to fit all that within a 24 hour, you know, span. And then it's also, and it's also, you, you got to take care of yourself too. You got to take care of your own mentals. You know what I mean? You have to make sure you're okay up here. Cause if you're not okay up here mentally, you know, taking care of the little things you got to take care of or communicating, then it messes up your foundation. You know what I mean? It's like, you, you'll be surprised at how much, um, your mood can affect all the, the others around you. You know what I mean? Man, it's, uh, when we were talking about this too, you were telling me about your day sometimes where you would record, edit, uh, you know, promo, like all of that within like not even, I wouldn't say 24 hours or say less than 24 hours, right? After you'd come from work, after you, you know, you'd help, uh, you know, your wife with the kid and, and spend time with, with, with your son and everything like that. And sometimes you would even wake up and it's like this, like sunrise, you know, and it's like, fuck, like crazy. And, and, and the sleep schedule might be all over the place. Uh, what advice would you give someone who is trying to start their own podcast. Mm, talk to me, talk to me. I would say, um, for a person that's trying to, I, I would give the same advice that I got from, again, Charlemagne, the same, the same advice that I took, which is um, be yourself. Be yourself unapologetically. Be yourself to the fullest and, and, and don't worry about trying to compare yours to others, you know? Uh, that was the biggest thing. I, I can take that. And that's really the only advice that I can give be seen as like, I, I'm not, the podcast itself is not as big as others. So I'm going to take the advice of the more successful people that I know, you know what I mean? In podcasting too. And there is that, you know, I see a lot of that in, in other podcasts that I listen to. There is, you can tell when a person is doing the most, you know what I mean? You can tell when a person is doing a little bit, you know what I mean? Trying a little bit too hard for this. You can tell when a person is reaching, you know, cause the thing about with uh, doing this podcast or podcasting, I should say, is that you get, you get, um, you get a good feel for a person. You know, you can tell, you can know, you don't have to really know a person to know a person, if that makes sense, you know? And uh, you, if you put your best foot forward and being yourself, you know what I mean? You could be okay with what, uh, if a person doesn't like, if you you could be okay if it doesn't tune in, if a person doesn't tune in or doesn't watch or doesn't subscribe or so-and-so, you know, you could be okay. I'm fine with that. And just knowing that like, yo, this is, this is unapologetically me. And I, I can't, I suck at saying that word, dude. I mess up with a lot of words. So I feel it. I yeah. Feel it, yeah. When I, I, I always take out my uh, Invisalign before I, I hop on, on these. I wish I had Invisalign. If I, dude, if I, if, fuck, if I would hop on this with my Invisalign, like same shit, like you just all over the place with words and shit. Speaking about Charlemagne the God, and I love what you said about being unapologetically you and the people that fuck with you are going to fuck with you and th and the those that don't don't you know it might not be the right fit you know for the podcast they might be interested in something else right talk to me about that moment how it felt when you were able to shout out your podcast on the breakfast club yeah man i was uh it, it took a while so i'll give you like the back a background for a little bit dude i was up I was getting up, you know, because it's a time difference. It's like a three-hour time difference between here and New York, East Coast, West Coast. So I was getting up, dude, on top of, and like I said, I'm I'm in the thick of it as a dad for a lot of shit. So I, I I'm up. I get up in the mornings um, when my baby, when my son um, wants a bottle, when he gets up, when I have to change him, you know. And we might switch off, you know. 
or there might be, you know, a night where it was like, I'm just so fucking exhausted that I just, I won't even, I just, I don't get up because I, I you know, I'm tired or I'll ask, okay, I'm just, you know, I'm fucking exhausted. Can you do this one? But I, I try to get up as much as I can as, as I do, you know? So for, for like a two, three, two, almost three weeks time frame, I was just like, I'm going to, I'm going to try to call in. I'm going to try to call in. And I was, dude, I was calling and I have two phones and I was like, back to back and days and then this day and this day and setting alarms and then like and my son's gonna get up right now so I might as well just wait you know it's like 2 30 well fuck I might as well just wait and they're just doing this and on the road and you know doing this like that you know with phones and I finally was able to get I've got I got through like twice prior but I didn't go through like they're like hello you know and I was like uh, now talk and then they're like all right hold on and then it just like 30 I was on the phone for 30 minutes and then it just hung up and I go fuck Oh, wait, sorry. Can I cuss? Okay. And I was just like, fuck, man, like 30 minutes, you know? So it was like, I was like, man, I don't even know why I'm doing this. You know what I mean? So I had an idea of what I wanted to say when I got on, you know? But um, I got so thrown off guard that moment when I actually went through and they're like, hello. And I was like, hello. Like, you know what I mean? I was like, hello. And it threw me off because I, so I messed up too, because I didn't give them the best audio quality. So I had my phone on speaker and I was recording with my other phone. Cause I wanted to save that moment for myself, you know what I mean? Or use it later somehow. So I had it on speaker. I should have kept it like, you know, just like normal. And, um, when it went through, I was just like, Hey, you know, trying to say who I am, but also I didn't know. So when you're on, you don't know you're on until they're just like, hello. And it's just like a pause. And you're like, Oh shit, that's me. You know? So there's that moment. And then, dude, you only get like a 60 second time and they don't tell you it's 60 seconds and they don't, um, when you're done, you, you, you're, 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 they don't tell you, all right, bye. Like there's just, it just clicks on you. Right. And then on top of that, there's like a second delay. So when you say something, they might get it a second late, you know, or vice versa. So when I went on, when I finally went through, it was, it was just like, it was just like, man, like, you know what I mean? There was a, it was a bit, I was a bit nervous. You know what I mean? It was just like, I just wanted to let, you know, like, I'm just trying to, you know, tell y'all check out my podcast. And I was like, y'all, like I gave them a shot individually, gave them a shout outs. And I was like, I appreciate everything you guys do. I've been listening for 10 years, you know, the past decade. And then finally being like, I do this, I do this. And I fucking forgot to tell people where they can actually listen to it. You know what I mean? Like where they think, where they could find it. I just said hypocritical AF, you know? And, um, before I know it, that 60 seconds was gone, bro. <laughs> Damn, but it, it was a big, it was, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, the biggest, you know, I didn't hit the lottery or anything like that, but it was such a, it was such a milestone for myself personally, because like I said, it was, it was something that I don't do and normally don't do, you know what I mean? So again, been going back to being hypocritical AF, I wouldn't do that type of shit normally. And nor did I think I would ever actually get through. So when I did, it was just kind of like, there you go. There you go. Just how you transformed yourself when you were younger into who you are right now how do you where do you see yourself transforming the podcast five, what's your five-year plan quote-unquote you know for the podcast yeah I, I gave I put a lot of thought into this um may, maybe like internally within myself maybe I, I haven't like been real vocal about it you know to others or, or like within my inner circle or anything like that but, you know, in, in, in a real, you know, if, if I had like the freaking magic wand and it was like, you can get how exactly how you, you want, you know, I would like it. I would like this podcast and this platform to be, uh, main mainstream, but without the mainstream, like, in other words, like I want it to be like a thing 
that um, I, I can create a platform for all these creatives, independent artists, or um, inf- people who who provide some type of influence, or or uh, people who are just you know being creative and, and, and on the go go getters. If I can create like just a, like a stable. You know what I mean? Thing here, like, you know how you, when people do promo runs, like artists and stuff like that, and they do like a promo tour and they always stop at the same spots, you know what I mean? And the radio stations and shit like that. I want it to, I want this podcast to be on that type of level where people, all these people coming through or creatives that are coming in and out or artists are coming in and out or just people that a lot of like just genuine dope people, dope people that are like not that well known or maybe not that famous, but just, you know, are just so fucking cool and just have a lot to offer to be able to give them a voice and to be able to give a people a voice who are doing good things that not a lot of people see or, or that get, you know, that are behind closed doors. If I can create a, like a, like a spot like that, where it's like, in the middle and it's like a routine thing that people go to and just, um, you know, meet as much dope people as I can and just have conversations because I'm a big fan of conversations and just talking and just learning. That's where I would like it to be, you know, on that. I don't, I'm not a big, I don't care for, I don't care for fame, man. I don't care for being a millionaire and shit like that. I know it's not exactly the, you know, the coolest thing to say It's just like, if I can create something like that and build it, like, you know, build something like that, that I can be proud of that, of course, you know, I can, you know, profit off of, you know, but it's, but to have that type of staple thing and be like well known, that's that's like that's the end game. One hundred percent. And I I like how you said just bring in dope people and allow them to share their stories because ever since I started, not even just the podcast, but uh, just starting shooting or you know photo video, I was just kept on saying the same shit over and over again. And this was like I was probably over exaggerating, but like same thing. I just want to drop out. Um, of high school at the time, I was just like, I just want to make dope shit with dope people. Like, that's it. And I just kept on saying that over and over again. And, you know, whether that be through a podcast or through photo and video or, you know, whatever your thing may be, like, I I think if you approach it with, some, like, genuine love for what you do and the people that you do it with, it's it's going to go well and, and your curiosity and your passion is going to drive you, you know, if, if you're consistent with it. Um, two, two more things uh, and then we'll wrap up. Uh, what advice would you give 18-year-old, 22-year-old, that, that younger version of yourself that was very pessimistic to the world and saw it in a, in a half-empty, ha- uh, glass half-empty way? Yeah, ah oh, man, this sense I swear this answer changes like every other week for me because I've thought about it so many times, you know what I mean? But uh, I think the advice I would give myself, hmm, I would tell myself, 18-year-old, I would I would tell myself, don't hold on to the past because holding on to a past is where I've lost sleep over it. I've lost time over it I've lost energy over it I've lost like moments of my life from it you know what I mean from holding on to the past and and um not letting it advance you you know so that's number one number two I would say I would tell myself keep keep the you have the drive there you have the motivation there um it might be dim at times you know what I mean it might be a little bit out of focus sometimes but I would I would tell myself 
keep it 100% all focused and um, all the pieces will land as they, as they may and eventually it will all be, all come full circle.